Welcome to the Painting of the Week podcast, where we look at some of the most significant paintings throughout history. Introducing your hosts, Phil Grabsky and Laura Bentham. Well, welcome to this week's Painting of the Week. <laughs> and just in case you can hear the rain outside, that's because it's raining. It's actually raining really, really hard, uh, even though this is Midsummer's Day. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Longest day. Longest day. And it's been raining all day. So, mm. I'm Phil. And I'm Laura. And mm. Laura has chosen a fantastic <laughs> painting, and um, which I'm very unashamed to say I didn't know. And it's called Portrait of Sylvia von Harden by the German painter Otto Dix. And no one's going to be surprised to know that even though I've chosen it, I didn't know it either. I don't want anyone to think that I've suddenly got knowledge on art. Well, <laughs> in the art every podcast. week we're accumulating knowledge. <laughs> I am, and the more I know from you, the more I realise I don't know anything. Well, I didn't know much about Otto Dick, so I'm really glad you chose mm. him. Mm. Um, because I then went and did a little bit of looking and I absolutely love his work. Mm. And I, I mean, that's part of the fun, isn't it, of... It's easy to fall back. In fact, we can see from exhibition on screen that the films that are most popular are, are the, well, I was going to say the obvious choices, but are Van Gogh, Monet, Cezanne, um, Leonardo, Michelangelo. When we do something even a bit bolder, <laughs> Bosch, even Hockney, Lucian Freud, Monk, you know, audiences, you know, not, we have to work even harder to get audiences to come. Why so, do you think that is, though? Any ideas? Uh, well, I mean, Just OK. Just well, the first, stay grunt. Well, the first thing, of course, is that the reason that they're so popular is that they're great. All right. Mm. But put that to one side. I think people are also comfortable with what they know. Yes. And I think if somebody's going to go out, in our case, to the cinema... I think they want to know that they already like the artist or the art or the paintings. Yeah. So it's harder for us, even though we've been doing it for 10 years, even though people like exhibition on screen as a brand, you know, in our ideal world, we'd better be, okay, in our ideal world, we would be at a stage now where people like the brand so much that they'll come to see whichever artist yeah. we put out. Mm-hmm. So for example, with the, all right, Take this podcast, you would hope that people are listening because, well, maybe by accident, but that they, they like the podcast. But if, but if they've gone through it and gone, uh, you know, Death of Mara, uh, oh, yeah, I like that artist, I'll listen to that. Otter Dick's never heard of him, not going to listen to that. That's a shame because then you're not really being confronted by anything new. Now, the nice thing would be if people listen to this and go away and have a look at some of his other work. Wow. Because I had to, obviously. I had to look at everything every week. Mm. And I was just, oh, really. I thought, this, this is, we're really with the big boys now. This is lovely. I think really, really great. Every painting was just so good. 
It's interesting, though, isn't it? I mean, I think they're staggeringly good. Yeah, it's the faces. It's the faces for me every time. So much expression. I mean, maybe it's just you know a lack of something on my part, but I've been making art films for twenty years, and many of these paintings I've not seen before. Well, the lovely thing here is that I obviously didn't know the artist, and you said to me, "Pick one." So I went home to my daughter, 21 years old, and her best friend, Bram, who's 21 years old, and said, right, we need to keep painting. And Bram said to me, well, I used a painting in my film that I just made, and he's just had a film in the Rotterdam Film Festival. Very good. It is amazing. And in one of the scenes, he based on this painting, the portrait of Sylvia von Harden where he's got a kilt and it's wrapped it around mm. the girl's neck in the film. And I just thought, well, isn't that lovely? And I said, why did you love that painting so much? I was really taken by it when I was at school and I liked the story behind the man. So he was obviously really influenced by it all the years before to have kept it in his mind. Well, isn't that a sign of a great artist too, that mm. it's got that signature mm. and that kind of imprint on your memory? In fact... When you look at his paintings, you think, oh, yeah, there's a real individualism about them, which, which is, I don't know, as we've said before in this podcast, it's a sign of a great artist that you look at a painting and think, oh, that's by. Yes. Mm. Um, I mean, when you think of, of the traumas that this guy went through yeah. just by being in Germany in the First and the Second World Wars, mm. obviously that's clearly reflected in his paintings to some extent but to be an artist at that time mm. especially in a trend like the trenches of first world yeah. war but he was deeply deeply affected by it so it said so well you would be wouldn't you i mean many very good artists were killed in the first world war mm. so the fact that he was able to survive the trenches and also oh, so when he got back to berlin i was thinking about this that i mean obviously we weren't alive when the war was won or lost. But the fact that here would have been, even though it was a, you know, a bad time, it still would have been sort of jubilant because we won mm. as such. But in Berlin, they must, or in Germany, there must have been a really different feeling. Well, in 1945, 46? No, about after the first... Oh, well, 1918. First, yeah, the First World War. Oh, they were, then, he was miserable. Then exactly, and hence the fact that he was so... He then got into mm. painting lots of war cripples, veterans, mm. because he felt they were mistreated. Yeah. And, and that's where their faces come in, I think, in those paintings, those early ones. It's just, my, it's just it's unbelievable. I mean, the Versailles Treaty... Well, it's, I don't know if you can say it's harsh, but, I mean, mm. it was... It was they were tough on Germany, understandably perhaps, but, um, you know, that partly led then to the rise of Hitler and the National Socialists because he could say, look, you know, um, the way we were treated after the First World War yeah. has enslaved us and we need to break out of that. But, you know, there wasn't much money going around. No. And it's definitely, reflect, I think, reflected in his paintings. So what do we know about Otto Dixon? Where was he born? Uh, Unterhaus, Unter, Unter Unter which I can't Unterhaus, mm. OK. 
but he spent quite a lot of time in Dresden. Do you know when he was born? 19, uh, sorry, 1891. 1891. I've had a couple of pens out this week, of course. <laughs> so he's 23 when war breaks out. <clears throat> and you said that he then went to went off. He, did he sign up? I believe he did. Yeah, well, it's quite likely. And then, yeah, and he was a machine, a machine gunner, you know, and then he survived. They said he survived three years, which is wow. in itself quite a thing because they were always aimed at the most, obviously, because they were the ones... Yeah, it's killing everybody. Causing the most damage. Yeah, yeah. God, a horrible. Mm. I mean, it's bad. Any, jeez, mm. be a machine gunner. Mm. It was like we were just talking before that, wasn't it? About nineteen seventeen, the film, mm. just before with Ella. I mean, well, you were saying about how your friend or Lottie's friend was, his film was influenced by this painting. Mm. Of course, that's still quite common to this day, isn't it? Mm. There are a few paintings. I mean, I've looked through some of Otto Dix's paintings now and you can see quite clearly how filmmakers were like Sam Mendes in 1917. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to be... I mean, he must have looked at these paintings. Actually, yeah. Maybe you should get him in and ask him. <laughs> I, make, I made coffee and walnut cake today. Which was... Yeah. Not, <laughs> yeah. Come on. That's not going to last long. Unless, no, OK, but... Unless Sam Mendes turns up in the next 15 minutes. OK, but if he's, if he's coming and he lets me know a favourite cake, I'm sure we could knock something up. He'd love it. <laughs> and we'd love to see him. But Otto Dix's... And then he could answer some more questions for us. <laughs> if you look at Otto Dix's painting, The Trenches, mm. which I was looking at earlier, I mean... You just give that to the set builders, don't you? Yeah. And say, look, that, this is what we want mm. for our, for the film about, you know, the trenches. Yeah. It's just so miserable. Mm. It's really... My grandfather, he went to the First World War mm -hmm. and was uh, in the artillery, but survived. Right. So, you know, it's just fate, isn't it? Because if he hadn't have survived, then my mother wouldn't have been born because she was born in 21. Yeah. And we worked out recently, my mother, as you know, died last year, but we worked out that from her, there are 36 human beings. Whoa. That are currently on the, on the planet Earth. On the Earth. planet, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you think, oh, of the amazing. think of the millions that... And so my grandfather's brother didn't survive the war. Right. But we have some letters. And I was oh, my God, these letters going off on a tangent now but it was one letter where he's literally living in a hole on the side on the on the, on the bank of a canal so not at the top of the bank but actually in the side so if you come out of the hole if you slipped you'd be falling into the canal and is this during the war yeah oh my god and of course he can't get his feet he's got trench foot and he can't get his yeah, feet yeah. dry oh, oh, oh lord no miserable so how how an artist's I mean, you're not you're not going to walk away from that. I mean, if no. we if we think of things that have happened to us in our past, much less significant. You know, we've never been through something like the first no. or second world wars, but certain things have happened in our past which do affect us, and we do think about still. Any artist that survives the first world wars. It's actually funny you're saying that about the letters and things, though, because we we were saying just a minute ago we won't let go of any of those things. They are precious to us still. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and like you said, what are we what are we going to leave behind as the big computer? And if someone hasn't got the password, lots of stuff. <laughs> Podcasts. 
<laughs> oh, good. I'm so pleased the podcast is staying. <laughs> That's it. They're going to last forever. Oh. <laughs> well, let's hope so, eh? So, getting back to this painting, though. Yes. So, what do you, when you first looked at it, what, mm. what struck you? Well, first of all, I always do exactly what you say now. Where was my eye taken? Because mm. I get nervous if I don't give you an answer to that question. Her hands. Mm. I love her hands. I really, really do. And, um, I mean, I think what... I can see where Bram was going with this, mm. with this painting for me because she's very, very a modern woman. Mm. Even it was painted in 19... I think it was 1926. And she's very modern, modern-looking. Mm. Almost... This is Berlin, or, isn't it? We know yeah, this is Berlin. in a cafe. Yeah. I mean, it looks incredible. I mean, I'm already excited about the thought of it. But, yeah, she was a journalist, I think more of a poet and a writer, actually. And um, I think that was more where he was coming from, sort of the new age of a new woman. Mm. And, I mean, the little monocle. He's certainly a realist. I mean, we, he, you know, although he comes under the brackets, I guess, of expressionism, I also think that's... I mean, I think he's also clearly... A, this is realism. Yeah. You know, that is... You, you feel... Well, I was going to say you actually feel like you're in the bar. It's not. It doesn't really actually feel so much like a nightclub. It feels like a cafe, a cafe doesn't yeah. it? A corner of a cafe. Mm. I mean, so much of this is modern. The hair, the, the monocle, yeah. smoking. For some reason... Drinking. Drinking on mm. her own. Mm. Not quite sure why... Is there tight supposed to be coming yeah. down there? I'm quite sure what that's supposed to be. Unless she's supposed to mean she's just not that bothered. No. Well, maybe not. And I mean, she's... There's going to be something and there's some some reason for those matches. I mean, that could be... Is that the German... I mean, the German eagle. Yes. Is it? Mm. Like you I said, nothing is a mistake, so... Well, I used to go to Germany a lot and used, the Deutschmarks always had the kind of... The eagle on them, I think. But she's definitely... And the modern dress. Almost obviously. androgynous, isn't yeah, she? Yeah. And so... You know, the short hair. I mean, look at that haircut. She's got a fascinating face, actually. Her jawline and her neck. I mean, yeah. Everything, but everything's kind of exaggerated. It is. Not to the point of being grotesque. Although some people no. might not like this. Some people might find her face a mm. bit disconcerting. But, you know, the fingers are that bit mm. too long, the chin's a bit too long, the face is a bit too narrow and pointed. I mean, look at the ear. I mean, the ear's bigger than it should be. Yeah. But uh, you notice that in these other paintings, it's all slight, it's all... If you did a family portrait, you would recognise it? Yes, it's almost a bit like those portraits you can get in Montmartre or somewhere like that, you know, some plaza in, in Spanish town where there's a kind of exaggerated a little bit, but still you can recognisably you. If you. I think it's just the whole, you know, I'm assuming at that time a woman sitting in a cafe even was a bit of a, a bit of a thing. So the fact that she, like you say, she's on her own drinking and smoking... She, I mean, she just looks like a great character and you definitely would love a conversation with her. Would oh, you? Yeah. Be yeah, come on, she'd be great. 
should be really interesting. I look at her lipstick even. It's so bright. So, is it then what were we thinking about the matches? Are we still... Well, I just think... Well, what did you say the date was for this? 1926. 1926. And if it's not, so it's well, very, let's start again and cut it all out. <laughs> so it's very much... Now, it's the German coat of arms, I'm sure. Mm. So what's he, what's he... I mean, is this something about... He's saying this is this is part of Germany. This is the new Germany. New, uh, yeah. Something going on there. Obviously, with the nut, when the Nazis come in, they make a whole thing of the of the eagle, don't they? The eagle and the swastika underneath it. Yeah. So definitely, we're definitely was representing new women, mm. which I can see where Bram is coming from on this. The other thing which I noticed is that it's actually very beautifully painted. Mm. I mean, again, you might think expressionism is, you know, it's it's uh, an easier form of art than than the the great masters who took forever to paint a painting like Vermeer or Leonardo. But actually, just the the quality of the, the skin tones on the legs, the seat. I mean, the seat is completely really. really I mean, you just feel yeah the solidity of that mm -hmm. chair. Certainly what she's sitting on. I reckon it'd be uncomfortable, actually, after a while. Yeah. Probably needs a good few drinks after sitting on that. The back's weird. I mm. mean, because there's no back to... It's like, no. There's no support for the back except at the top of the spine. No. She's just... Those hands... It's her hands for me. They're fabulous. I like people's hands. I'm married. So there's no wedding ring. Mm -hmm. That's probably deliberate. Mm -hmm. Although, again... From memory, do Germans wear their wedding rings on the other side? Anyway, she hasn't got she, she hasn't got anything on her ring fingers either hand. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's a new style, isn't it? And just the dress as well. It's quite high-necked. There is no... I, mean, I think it's, it's actually... I think it's very modern, this painting. It's a very genderless. It's very... A very what? Genderless painting, isn't genderless it? Genderless painting. Yeah. She's definitely... You don't necessarily know that she's a woman. So. Well. I could see it being, I could see it fitting in with today's world at the moment. Yeah. I mean, it could be a man wearing lipstick. Mm-hmm. And if, and if, but if, she is a woman for sure. Well, really. <laughs> I think she was quite pleased to be painted and she. Oh, really? Yes, I believe so. Mm -hmm. Do we know why she, why he mm. painted her? I don't know why she, he picked her. I'm assuming he just saw her there and. We need to go and read a book on the whole subject. Mm. And I must admit, well, our new world has opened up with Otto Dix, for sure. I did do a little bit of reading about Dix. So he, he was one of those that then um, the Nazis considered to be degenerate. Mm -hmm. And there's an extraordinarily famous exhibition that they had. It's very strange. They, the, the Nazi regime in art is a really interesting subject. Like so many kind of military occupations, you know, they had people hoovering up all the arts. Napoleon um, did it. Mm -hmm. The British did it. Everyone did it. Mm -hmm. They occupied a country, they nicked the art. Mm -hmm. um, and you can still see that today with paintings that are no longer in the country from which they were stolen. Um, the Germans, of course, famously just took everything and... Uh, 
hid a lot of them in salt mines here, there and everywhere. Um, but they also had a number of artists that they considered to be de degenerate. Nevertheless, I think it's 1937, they held an exhibition of degenerate art yes. in Munich. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a very good film about this. And of course, it was enormously popular. So it's a very odd thing to do because all it really did was show people the work of these artists that they might not have seen before. Um, they were expecting people not to turn up at all. Yeah, it was, and it was absolutely <laughs> rammed. Now, of course, you'd be foolish to come out going, yeah. that was wonderful. <laughs> I know, I was thinking that. I'm not even sure I'd go in. I'd be really nervous. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> but he was, he was because uh, he was an art teacher, and he, he, he was sacked, and then he was, um, some of his work was in that degenerate. So after that, isn't that the one where they destroyed all the work or most of it afterwards? That Hitler was so he just hated it so much. Did they not get did not get rid of that work? Was there something about that? Um, As always, we're having more questions than answers, Phil. We might have to do a, an Otto Dix part two because I, I, I there's so many of his paintings that I could I was really I could definitely go back to others. I think, I mean, I know some of his paintings did disappear in the war, but I don't mm. know whether that was, whether they were purposefully... Destroyed. Destroyed. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, I think that, I mean, it's interesting working on a film at the moment about Caravaggio. Mm. So some of the messaging in Caravaggio's paintings was a bit close to the bone for... The, you know, for the Pope and for the papal regime. And, oh, OK. Um, and, uh, you know, that got him into trouble. Right. But these same bishops and papal clergy that may have publicly kind of condemned him, they couldn't get, they couldn't buy his paintings fast enough. Oh, really? And you had the same thing, I think, with the German regime. They may have publicly said, this is disgusting, this is awful, yeah. but they certainly... They hoovered them up for themselves. Okay, and didn't destroy them. They may have said they destroyed them then and just kept them, you say. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I like it. The other thing I know about him is that um, there was a an art dealer, um, one of Hitler's art dealers. Because, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of, you know, all these paintings have... You know, the provenance of them is so important and interesting. And often there there were wealthy Jewish families who had great art oh, collections. Yeah. You know, in the, in the end of the 30s and the beginning of the 40s, people got that knock on the door and all sorts of horrors ensued, but one of which was that their art collection would be stolen. Yeah. And people are still fighting to get their art collection back. And there's some very, very famous examples of where art has been repatriated and and there's certainly lots of examples where the galleries, the museums are holding on to them for dear life, which is not very endearing. No. Um, and uh, that also happened with property. Um, but anyway, as far as paintings are concerned... Wasn't there one um, recently? We were talking about it. In It was in the newspapers in Paris. Yeah. I mean, it comes up all the time. Yeah. That one of the paintings had to be returned. But in, um, there was an amazing discovery. Um, there was a son of a, uh, an art dealer called Gerlit. 
And um, for some reason, I don't know how it was discovered, I forget now, but in his flat, and forgive me if I'm wrong, I think it was Munich, um, behind a, a fake wall, they found 1,500 paintings I mean, they found some extraordinary paintings that, you know, the art world had thought had disappeared or yeah. been destroyed in the war. And, um, Amazing. And there were some Otto Dixes in there, actually. Oh, okay. I remember that. Right. Um, well, that's maybe what they said then. Maybe they said they destroyed them but didn't. Maybe Hitler said he was getting them destroyed. But they turned up. Well, I'm pleased they did. Well, I think, I think there's a painting called War Cripples. Mm. That, was, mm. that, I think, was burnt. Ah, Okay. Um, the one I loved of his was the blind man, which was I was really taken with. You showed me that, yeah. yeah where there's the guy in the street, obviously saying he's blind, yeah. but there's just legs of people and they're all going in different directions. They're all running away. Yeah, yeah. And 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 that's what he seemed to be struck by the most after he, after the war. He, he just was the cripples and the war veterans. And some of those paintings, and there's one where some of the guy's face is missing. Mm. Um, yeah, and they're really, really hard to look at, but incredible. Just, they're just so, they made the structure of the paintings unbelievable. Yeah, I was really taken with it. So, so this, mm. so he, he then, um, he joins the national militia in the war. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I don't know, he does well, I guess, to not be arrested. I don't know, I'm fascinated to know more about his life yeah. now that we've been looking at it. Well, maybe, every, maybe everyone else will be spurred on to do so. Mm. Because he's certainly an interesting character. And he obviously was completely traumatised with what he saw. Well... He would be. You mean, look, talking about going back to 1917, the film, I mean, when you come out of that, it does take you a while to... Mm. I just don't know, I don't know whether you could use the word completely, though. Oh. I, don't, I don't even know if you can use the word traumatised. No. I don't know. He's obviously very affected and influenced. Do you think you would be traumatised? I would be uh, traumatised. Somebody just coming over a trench and then just dying. I mean... It just feels like... You're a machine gunner. Mm. You're just slaughtering people, aren't oh. you? And everything else that you see. Yeah. Um, mm. When did he say he was born? Because he lives to 1960s, doesn't he? Yeah, he was born he? in 1891. He died in 1969. Okay, so... So he doesn't feel like that long ago, really. But, yeah, we keep forgetting how old we are. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny? I, that happens to me. I think, um, oh, yeah, I don't Every know. Day. Joshua, Joshua Tree came out in, what, 1986 <laughs> or something. I think, oh, it's only a few years ago. Exactly. I think, oh, hold on a minute. Exactly. Is that almost 40 years ago? <laughs> That's scary. I don't know, don't. Um, and actually, look, we're sitting here right opposite your gorgeous slide projector, talking about slides today, and my whole childhood is on slides. I don't think there's any photos of me as a photo, particularly until I'm about eight or nine. So my, this slide projector, which people can't see, but no. it is basically... It's so gorgeous. It looks like a camera. Yeah. And gorgeous. my brother brought that around yesterday. And it's a funny story because he rented a house in London in the late 1970s. And uh, I used to go there from time to time because we made the basement into kind of a, a place to play music anyway. Well, that sounds nice already. But when he moved in, the guy the, who was leaving, the, the owner, for some reason, she's bizarre, but he 
bolted shut the kitchen <laughs> full of his stuff. <laughs> maybe he thought your brother was a rubbish cook. I, was, I mean, yeah. maybe he just thought my brother wouldn't cook. <laughs> so, um, anyway, three days after my brother moved in, this guy dies. And my brother had to break the door down so he could use the kitchen because obviously he wanted to use the kitchen. Anyway, he found this um, slide projector, which he's kept ever since because the, the relatives never never made any effort yeah. to come around and get this stuff. And yesterday, because um, there's a lot of tidying up going around, going on at the moment in my family, um, gave it to me. It's, it's very beautiful. But here's, so my dad, so he used to take slides. Yes. And two or three weeks after the holiday was over, we would sit in the darkened living room. I can remember it <laughs> as though it were yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd all sit down, we're all giggling, and the slideshow would begin. Now, of course, in hindsight, this is absolutely fantastic because there is absolutely no way. I cannot remember sitting down with my family no. on my Mac going through the photographs we've taken on holiday. But it, it, go, the slide night is the best night. Yeah. Everyone should do it. Yeah. Because the person doing it, there's always the in upside down. You have <laughs> to go to through front. all that. Back to front. Oh, just a minute. And then They've you... got to read every single one. And so oh, my dad had a little notebook. Yeah, my dad did. He yeah. had the numbers on them. Yeah, the and then he had to go them. to the notebook. Yeah. Oh, took but hours. The best one ever, the one that made me laugh the most, <laughs> was that my, a little bit of knowledge can sometimes trip you up. So my dad had read somewhere that adding a yellow filter gave more contrast to your pictures. Okay. <laughs> so he got himself a yellow filter oh, and, a, and a filter holder. Yeah. Put it on the front of his camera. <laughs> what he hadn't realised was that that was for black and white. <laughs> and he was shooting colour. <laughs> so we sat down. It was our summer holiday. And I think, it was, I think actually we'd gone to Germany. <laughs> every single it was yellow as a banana oh, <laughs> every so single good. shot was yellow as a banana and he hadn't noticed I love that he hadn't noticed it was the he first time he did probably so cute that was that was absolute I thought I'd probably told him yeah I said dad yeah because when I started photography college one of the first things you do is filters so I probably said to him oh yeah you want to use red for this and that'll do this and that'll do that <laughs> go, oh that's very interesting <laughs> Out, taking all these colour photographs with a yellow filter. See, those sort yeah. of things are priceless. But so everyone now should go home and, and we get we their grand, get the parent the parents out with their photos and try. And, I mean, we oh. we had one of those because I yeah. remember we used to do it, um, sh- shot at a time. It was really slow because mm. I can remember the excitement of the Kodak. Uh, what was it called? Where you could put in like fifty slides. Yes. What was that called? Um, oh, I can't remember. So anyway, and he, and then it would just go around one at a time. But did he have a little long thing that you he clicked? I mean, my dad had a little thing that clicked, and of course it jammed. Yeah. And then of course you got the upside down ones again. Oh, oh we've completely gone off Otto Dick's, haven't we? But I love it. Well, maybe Otto sat down with his family and said, "All right, yeah, here's my latest series of works." Oh <laughs> Let's no, have this slide night. Oh, this one's upside down. <laughs> Probably didn't. No. Anyway, I guess... The, where, it's a shame where, it's not smell-o-vision, though, today, because that case where it's open... Oh, I know. It's so lovely. It's all vintage it When we opened it yesterday, I said to my brother, oh. you know this has got air from Fulham Palace Road oh. 40 years ago. It's so great, though. Anyway, the point I was making... Yes. ...was that U2's Joshua Tree, for me, feels like yesterday. Yeah. 
and it is 34 years ago. Mm. So I've always thought this, like, for example, when, my, when I was born, it was only 18 years since, since the Second World War. Yeah. And, um, and I mean, it must have felt like yesterday to my, to my parents. In the, I mean, the mid-60s, we always think of the 60s as being, you know, all about pop and this, that and the yeah. other. But actually, most people were still 20 years ago. I mean, 20 years ago for us, you know, we can still remember when our kids were very, very young. Yeah. So it was all very recent. So, yeah, I, I don't think it ever does. I don't, and, and the trauma of this would never have left Otto Dix. No. That's maybe why this painting became such a big deal for him, because the new women and all mm. that new era. And maybe, they maybe were, he... and maybe they were thinking that they'd survived the First World War. Yeah. It was a new Germany. Mm. People could express themselves. You could have mm. women out on their own. Mm. She's clearly, well, she's, she's meant to appear very intellectual. She's smoking, she's drinking. She's mm. this, And maybe that's what the matches mean. Maybe he's mm. saying, this is, this is the new Germany. Yeah. And then it all crashes down, doesn't it? Yes. You know, one or two years later. Yeah. I keep forgetting the date. What did you say it was again, this one? I mean, I hope I haven't got this wrong, Phil. 1926. 1926. According so, to my coloured pens. So, pens, you know, uh, it's only eight yeah. years since the First World mm. War, but they've come on a long way. Mm. And then partly because of the Versailles Treaty and the fact that Germany was so kind of neutered and damaged by the war and the reparations after it, yeah, this kind of society doesn't doesn't succeed. This has real poignancy for me right now because there are no more honourable. Well, not to say honourable, but I've never been more impressed by women than than the women of Afghanistan. Uh-huh. Just my personal experience, but they're extraordinary. Their bravery and their courage, and as we speak now, the Taliban about to retake power. Mm. It's a it's a total disaster. Yeah. It's a total disaster, and after twenty years, uh, this this is the film that I'm finishing. Yeah. I was talking about mm-hmm. so um, three trillion dollars spent, oh. hundred and sixty thousand Afghans killed, three thousand eight hundred and sixty-three Allied and American troops killed. God knows how many people injured, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. And yes, Afghanistan is different to how it was 20 years ago. It's better than how it was 20 years ago. But if the Taliban get back, and it looks like they will, then, you know, women like this in, in Kabul, like you might, they might, the majority of them might have headscarves, but I mean, they are out working politicians. Right. Um, all sorts of different jobs. Yeah. And, uh, and some don't wear headscarves, in fact. But certainly... A lot don't wear, you know, the full burqas. No. Taliban back in, like, you know, they're, they're, a contempor- they're a modern form of Nazi as far as I'm concerned. So that's going to be a repetition of history, unfortunately. Yeah. So there's so much to one painting, isn't there? And Huge amounts. And, you know. Huge amounts. Thank you, because I'm now really interested in Otto Dix. Would he make... Because the question is, for me, because we, we basically, basically at Exhibition on Screen, we can decide what films we make, yeah. more or less. I mean, the downside is that people don't pay us to make the films, but the upside is that, well, we can choose what we make because we're not beholden to anybody. We don't have to wait for a broadcaster to say yes. 
it would be really interesting to make a film about Otto Dix. Would anyone come to the cinema to see it? Oh, I think they would. I don't know. So I don't tell. know. Maybe people will tell us on this podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm assuming that I don't know how podcasts work as yeah, it works, but I'm assuming you can leave notes and things and yeah. and I'm sure there's people that have plenty to say. Do we want people leaving notes? Yeah, I'd like to know people's comments. opinions. Would you really? Well, I'm sure that we're not getting in <laughs> I feel like sometimes not getting many can facts someone, right and I'm sure that people are gonna say, I'm someone, sorry, but you don't know this right. and you don't know that, which is fine. Can someone, I mean, can someone filter the comments? <laughs> if they're really bad, I can make cake. <laughs> make us feel better yes All right. then, or, or you can go and then also give people cake as well if they don't or we can go, for, go to a cafe cafe for, oh for have the, a little cocktail to the same cocktail that she's drinking <laughs> for sure but yeah. I definitely recommend that people definitely look at his work oh yeah because I had looked once again yeah. and, and I didn't know any of his work and I really really love I loved his work yeah absolutely brilliant mm. one of my favourites so far yes right yes thank you Laura thanks Bram <laughs> Until next week. Yes. Thank you for listening to the Painting of the Week podcast. For more information, please visit our website at seventh-art.com or contact us by emailing info at seventh-art.com. See you next time.